Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's the matter, Jeremy? Oh, it's just that uh, I'm trying to decide on my Christmas list. Well... What do you want? I want equality and, and, and peace and everyone to have the same opportunities. All right, I'm going to donate all the money I'm going to spend on your presents to her film project. What? Yes, they are an organisation that helps make films for people from underrepresented groups, all right? But I don't, I don't, no, no, hang on. Yes, that's what you want. That's what we all want. Everyone to have equal representation in society. All right, from her film project on Twitter, herfilmproject.com. Look it up. Follow. Do all that. Look, Jeremy, I've got to go. I've got to do this. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Film Fandango. What is this? It is a film podcast. Of course it is. What makes this different from your film podcast? Nothing really. It's just me, the host, Mark Larwood, <laughs> in a room talking with a guest. It was David Reed, but he's gone off and had a baby, and he doesn't really reply to my texts much anymore. <laughs> who's that in the background? It's my friend and a lover of film who's watched more films than me for quite a long time, <laughs> and who's one of the people to do whose opinion. I respect on film. That's right. Thank it's you. Beth Ainsley. Hello, Hello, Beth. Hello. You're a long-time listener of the show, aren't you? I am, actually. Unlucky. A uh, longer-term friend and long-term listener. Yes. And in the background, you might be able to hear a washing machine. Sorry. No, that just adds to the reality of it. It makes us sound like, or maybe... My beautiful laundrette. No, let's make out that we're in... It's a spaceship. It's a spaceship <laughs> rocket. Okay. You can hear in the background. Um... It's quite nice going to visit different people because you get different acoustics. I think the you listeners are probably imagining how high the ceilings are <laughs> yeah. from the acoustics. <laughs> Better than the stupid dog. Yeah, have a guess now. How high do you think the ceilings are? I'd say they're approximately twelve foot. Yeah, I think that's about right. A yeah. sort of um, a modest church size. <laughs> um, so Beth, um, we went to. The BFI of all places. Yeah. I've only ever been there to see one film before. Which was? A, a, the superhero Brett Goldstein one. I've forgotten what it's called. Superbob. Superbob. So I thought it would be ram-packed. Um, um, but 
It's quite classy, isn't it, BFI? <laughs> yeah, I think this was a bit lowbrow for it. Really? A bit too indie, yeah, I think so. How often do you go to BFI? Quite a bit, maybe six times a month. What, are you a member? Yeah. How much does that cost? About 40 quid. Do you, in your wallet, do you put your BFI card close to the top so people will see and go, <laughs> oh, uh, BFI? No, I never do. But it is good for cheap drinks. And I bet there's less talking than in normal cinemas. There's no talking, no eating, some drinking. It's a, it's a bit snobby, but I do like it. But there was talking in the preview we went to see, wasn't there? Yeah, 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 there was. There was some dick behind us. And I was about to do the look around, and you did the look around. I, I did do the, the look around. look around, and I thought, <laughs> brilliant. I'm a big, big advocate of that, actually. I think it's okay to say to somebody, excuse me, please. How would you, how, what is your... But you're quite polite though, so it, can't, it comes out probably quite nice. Yeah, I think it's okay to be nice, but people do find it very um, up, confrontational. I went to a film the other <laughs> the other week, and I spoke to them, and I said, "Please, can you stop this?" And then they just talk back and talk back. You said, over. "Hang on," you said, "Please, can you stop this?" <laughs> can you? I said, "Will you stop? Can you stop talking, please?" It was quite a spooky film, and I, it was like they were spooking me out by talking. They were just getting hammered on red wine, and eventually I said, "Please, you're ruining the film for everybody." And then they said, "Oh," and, and then other people started joining in, and I was like, "Well, why didn't anyone else say anything?" Because are they like, joined in with with you? Yeah, saying, "Yeah, you should go." And then I, they got a round of applause as they left. They actually left. They left, yeah. But they were they were hammered. It was what just, was the film? It was called the Belco Experiment. Do you know it? No. It was a bit. It's a bit Hunger Gamesy or um. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Is yeah. it Japanese? No, it's American. Cheap American. I think probably um, Bloomhouse. I think it was. You know the guy who makes all those cheap films. No, and I don't know. Him. There's this office block, and um, they all get locked inside, and they have to start killing people, and only sort of ten people can get oh, out. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it's a good premise. It's it's fine. Is that been on, released on general release? Yeah. So they made it really cheaply, and then just one location. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. Just get an old office block. Um, I did a similar thing to you where. You say when I was on the bus and some kids were doing graffiti. Have I told this story before? No. I was on the 41 from Crouch End to Archway. This is approximately 12 years ago. So I was 28. A formidable uh, uh, figure. <laughs> physically, yes, at that time. <laughs> and I was sitting on the second but one seat at the back. And these school kids got on. There were about eight of them. And they started graffitiing on the side of the bus. With uh, what? Pens. And I thought... Mm. Tagging. Yeah, and I said, which you I said first of all, obviously I changed my voice slightly to make it which thing you're doing. <laughs> and they went and they went and they went, oh and they stopped and paused. So I had the upper hand and then and then one of them piped up, Oh, what's the matter to you? And I said something like Well and it was the worst answer I could possibly say. I said, Well if you do that it's gonna mean that someone's gonna have to come and clean up and that's gonna put bus fares up for everyone <laughs> <laughs> And I could see the moment when I said that, oh, I instantly lost, lost all the respect. <laughs> and then I got off the bus and they all started clapping and chanting, oh. um, fuck off you fat slapped. Oh. <laughs> and everyone on the bus, the other six people, just looked, as I walked down this parade of shame on the top flight of the bus, they looked out the window. So, and I thought, uh, then Jesus. I thought, you know, I need to stop going to the gym and then let people express themselves artistically. 
No uh, wonder you don't the, stop people in the cinema anymore. It was, I do stop people. You do? I do. I actually shone my Apple light on people's faces <laughs> and some kids' faces. And I was there by myself. Well, so that's people, a bit much. Yeah. I, kids? I re- well, they were about 14, 15, not like seven oh, okay. or eight-year-olds. That had been really creepy. But 14, 15. And if you're there by yourself, you think... I mean, imagine my shadow, bald man, weird man. I think the light's quite bright as well. Right in their eyes. In, the, they, in shut, room. they shut their pants. What um, was the film? It was something at the Muswell Hill Odeon. And it must have been something that 14, 15-year-olds were... I can't remember what it was. Mm. And something at the Odeon. Was it Interstellar? Ooh. Yeah, that's not entertaining enough. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing that they might have been... It might have been something like that. Mm. Anyway, go back and listen to the last 50 years of podcasts and you'll probably hear about this. <laughs> anyway, we went to go and see... Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear. Can you explain what happened in Brigsby Bear while I sip my drink, please? Thank you. I have thought about this, Merrick, and I don't know how much to say because I feel yeah, it's like quite it's, key. it's hard to sort of... You don't want to ruin it. I went in not knowing anything about it, which I think was the best. I saw a trailer. Yeah, and how much did the trailer tell you? In the trailer, they do spoiler. Yeah. It's a bit like, the, it's a bit like Room. Yeah. The room's... A, yeah. And they spoil that in the trailer, really, as well. Yeah, Okay. So, do you want me to be spoil it? No, I don't think. I really don't think you should. Well, what's the basic setup at the start of it then? Okay, so there's a man who is isolated from the world for a reason. Lives with his mum and dad, and he has a love of a TV show called Brigsby Bear. And he then I don't know where to go really he loves he's obsessed with his TV show and lives in this sort of almost uh, uh, weird regime sort of cult regime and he, every day he has to look forward to Brigsby Bear this uh, which arrives each week a new episode and he's got a room full of tapes of this programme Brigsby Bear is sort of a, very much like Teddy Ruxpin if you remember that Um and he is uh, this sort of teaches these sort of moralistic ta- tales a bit like at the end I mean this shows my, my uh, He-Man where they give you the lesson for the week that oh do you know what Yeah. don't get your dick out in front of um, <laughs> other kids and stuff like that but not that I mean more be nice like to Sesame each Street other or anything oh, they, Sesame were, Street, they were all yeah. had morals didn't they preaching bullshit yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then things then this world changes as anyone with any knowledge of films will be able to imagine how. <laughs> um, it's more about the feel of the film, isn't it? It's a sort of... They're the a group... The bloke... This is what's great about the BFI that you pointed out. They mm. give you... There's a sheet of paper from Sight and Sound yeah, at the end of the it. the notes, yeah. And Sight and Sound... Film. I've not read Sight, Sight and Sound... When I did my English degree, I did a film... I did a module on film, and Linda Williams, who is Mark Camo's wife, name drop, name drop, taught that film, taught that course. Anyway, she used to bang on about sight and sound, which is the real filmy f- film. Like, yeah, spunk, it's f- the wank, BFI's wank. magazine, yeah. Is it the BFI's magazine? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think bit, uh, when I've not read anything from sight and sound until I read that bit, that sheet of paper, 
they're quite impressed by the reading. Yeah, really good. And every film they've got a sight and sound. Yeah, it's amazing. It's That's really great. Good. Yeah, yeah, I love it. All the old ones, they go back into the archives and they pull out an article and they sometimes do what people thought about it then and what people think about it now and it's really great. I think it's a brilliant idea to yeah. be able to read up yeah. on different opinions and see that, and I like the way they list all cast and crew are listed. <coughs> yeah, and rather than just the director. I had my piece of paper, but I've lost it somewhere. But I think that every cinema should do that sight and sound sheet of paper. I've got it here. Whoa! I've got it here, and I like, it's a bit mucky because I well I spent the last uh, four days working in the snow putting up a. Uh, fence with my little brother and this blew out into the snowy field <laughs> and, really? I'd cha- and I'd chased it uh, and that m- fleck of mud listen so you can imagine a crumpy bit of paper with, with a fleck of what looks like mud on it what well, is in actual fact probably sheep shit which is a dull <laughs> a dull smell that permeates your <laughs> nose and is you can just almost taste it like a can off wine at the back of your throat if you want Three to imagine days. that yeah yeah imagine that but in, in the freezing cold it changes <laughs> but that's the taste of if you want to get into farming get used to that <laughs> um so this is how do you know did you know about um I mean, i'm referring to it now normally i'm on my phone but did you, i knew absolutely nothing about it i saw it in the program and it had a nice image which was of the of brigsby bear the head and i thought yeah fine i'll see that did you know about Carl? Uh, who is it? Carl Mooney. Carl Mooney. No, he was the main guy in it, and he co-wrote it. Um, I'd seen a couple of his sketches before. He was in a sketch group before he was in Saturday Night Live, so I'd seen a couple of those, but I, I wouldn't have recognised him from there. He was so good, wasn't he? He reminded me very much of Napoleon. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a Napoleon because I think that's a really idiosyncratic character that just really stands out so you kind of love the character as much as the but even facially film. he looks like him yeah with the sort of glasses oh, and the sort of weird hair. everything about his um, almost even the way he moved was not as pronounced as Napoleon Dynamite but very similar sort yeah there's of look. a sort of love of the sorry I hope this isn't mean to say but love of the dweeb sort of like t- total embracing of that sort of person and I also just thought it was such a lovely, warm film. There was no judgment to it. It was just delightful. It's I a got real quite geek, into it. It's a real sort of geek. If you like sort of eighties geek stuff, you would love this film. I yeah, think. and it's about filmmaking as well. So it's got that thing. So if you're watching it as someone who likes watching films, you're like, yes, it's kind of got that be kind, rewind, or. Um, me and Earl and Dying Girl. I know you watched that because I heard you talk about oh, it. I think I probably slagged off, didn't I? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, did slag it off, it, yeah. It, it's a bit sundancey. They're a little bit sort of um, overly twee and everything's got a kind of moral and a happy ending. Uh, but I just thought, I didn't really care. There were moments where I thought, ah, and then I just was like, I don't give a shit. It's so lovely. Being a really amateurish, I mean, pre-amateur filmmaker... <laughs> you I find it amazing <laughs> yeah I make YouTube videos <laughs> how they make stuff when the film's about filmmaking and they make stuff really really there's always a guy who's the expert it's like yeah yeah I'll just um, CGI that amazing thing oh. in the background I mean if you try to do that his mate in it yeah so good do you think yeah the, the black guy he was incredible yeah I thought you didn't that friendship I thought was it brilliant. was I thought it was all a bit he was the main character 
Mark Hamill plays his dad, and it's weird how Mark Hamill's become cool now. He's a sort of Renaissance Star Wars. He was, he was in the wilderness for a long time. Like 30 he years. He could not catch a break, and now look at him. He did a weird sci-fi... He did the Joker. Yeah, but he did a weird sci-fi called Slipstream. You ever see Slipstream? No, no. I think it was post-Return of the Jedi. Sort of low-budget film where he plays a bad guy in it. And then he disappeared, and now he must be milking it. Oh, yeah. I just looked at photos of... Um... Star Wars Return of the Decade. What's it it called? Jedi? Dead Jedi? Last Jedi. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just feels like it's just front, just uh, the calendar's become the. Oh, December, every two years, Star Wars, and in between, another Star Wars thing. And I got the brochure from the picture house, and I looked through, and I thought, it just feels as though that these big movie making. Beer moths are just churning out these franchise films, which are then was like, oh, we'll do that in December. That's in November, and there's no room for anyone else. Well, it's kind of static as well, isn't it? So we're kind of stuck in this loop, which is exactly what Brigsby Bear is about. It's about nostalgia, not being able to get over your your childhood, and he's obsessed with it and has to kind of recreate it in order to move on. And we are also stuck in this sort of arrested development period where. We're just wanting to live forever as 14-year-old kids and have that wonder that you first felt when you went to the cinema. And why is that, do you think? That, 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 that realisation that people don't really... Is it because there's, there's been no world war to cripple us and turn us into sort of... <laughs> into men, mo- into yeah. men. Oh, God. That's like a really bleak... I mean, I do think, yeah, we're probably a bit... Um, bit safe now aren't we a lot of people are going to love this film it's going to be a cult film that was a problem for me it felt what Brigsby Bear I think so I think it would be a cult thing people go oh we love Brigsby Bear but I don't know if it was trying if it was in a weird way aware that it was this cult film I think it was a very self-conscious film yeah I think it was very aware of itself that's what I meant to say self-conscious no no I mean you yeah you well I tend to say things that other people say (laughs) In one sentence, in about five to six sentences. And that's what people like about oh, this podcast. I thought you did brilliantly. I think... I don't know if you've read any other reviews of it, have you? No, have you read reviews of it? Yeah, people hate it. You're joking! <laughs> they absolutely hate it, yeah. I think you and I had a really nice experience watching it, and it was totally up our street. And Peter Bradshaw's like, me, 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 two stars. Peter Bradshaw gave it two stars. Yeah. Peter Bradshaw <laughs> is a total prick. I saw him in Crouch End the other day. He gave Mother five stars. He gave something that was really great. I can't remember what it was. One star when it was a five-star film. Peter Bradshaw should be stripped of his... He should have his fingers cut off so he can't type any of his bullshit anymore. <laughs> I know he's going to listen to this, but I, I think he saw, he saw me in the street and I gave him a dirty look. I think Ooh. the way he's lauded as this critic, where he just jumps on anything like that, that wants itself off. Mark Kermode. Yeah. I think... Uh, I really enjoyed Brigsby Bear. I've been quite harsh. It was almost a great film. Um, I don't know if you got to watch it, but uh, uh, listeners might be aware that American Movies are my favourite documentary of all time. Yeah, 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 I watched it. Marek bought it for me this week. Yeah, because I wanted you, cause I wanted you to talk about it in relation to this film. Yeah. Because it's almost like having film... This is about filmmakers. And the problem is, when you watch real... I don't think you can ever replicate the true geekiness and dweebiness oh my God. of Mark Borchard Unbelievable. and... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And all the other characters in it. 
are just his from his mum to his uncle to the other actor dude with the beret are so great that it's rich without having to do anything. What did you think of American movie? Well, it's incredibly tragic and hilarious to watch. It's such a brilliant film. It's a documentary from what year was it? Nineteen nine, I think. Yeah, 1998-99. Um, a documentary about a filmmaker, which I felt this that that Brigsby Bears a bit of an homage to Teddy Ruxpin stroke American movie. And that feels like the amalgamation of those two things is what Brigsby Bear is. So if you like American movie and if you like Teddy Ruxpin, you're in for a treat. Did you like American movie? I did, I liked it a lot. I really loved it. Um, and particularly the fact that he goes back to make this short film to fund his feature film. Coven, and he doesn't even pronounce cannot... it. <laughs> he can't pronounce it. And somebody <laughs> mentions to him at one point, oh, it's pronounced coven. And he goes, no, 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 no. Coven it rhymes with oven. Yeah. He, he pronounces... The whole film was pronounced coven. Coven. Oh, and, it's lovely. Um, Mike Shank, his best friend, who's overdosed some mushrooms, <laughs> yeah, is one yeah. of the greatest people oh, in the wow. whole world. Brilliant monologue about his mushrooms, wasn't it? Really good. Please, if you want to watch a film about filmmaking, if you like Brigham Bear... Watch American movie. Four ninety nine. Four on Amazon. Four ninety nine on Amazon or on iTunes. You could probably steal it. Don't steal it. Give that. Give mm. them the money. It won um, best audience award at Sundance that year. Did you think it was like um, uh, Brigsby Bear then? Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. I mean, like you say, it's that kind of Napoleon Dynamite esque world. So those characters from Napoleon Dynamite that you almost can't believe are real, but then they're in this documentary and you realise, oh, America's so huge and it's diverse. It's diverse. Do you There's find yourself crazy people. getting more into documentaries rather than films as you get older? Yeah, I really, really like documentaries. Yeah. it's a, I, When I go to a film festival, that's a pretty... If I went to like, Sundance London, which I really enjoy and te- definitely recommend, or to the London Film Festival, it, I, I think it's always about documentaries, definitely. I just think... What? Why? Because they're, they're harder to come by and they get curated brilliantly and then they put them into these tiny little places and it's so it's a great place to see them because there aren't there just aren't that many and they don't get released um the other thing is um storyville storyville oh storyville is brilliant great everybody just set it on your box um so it brings me back i mean we, we sort of beat around the bush because we don't want to spoil it we normally do how much how many bests do you give it i would give it eight yeah, I thought I was going to give it an 8, and I think I may have gone down to 7.5. Okay. 8, because I just think it's... It feels like a, it knows it's a cult film. But, but I, I, really, laughed, but, I really laughed at it, and I loved watching it with you, and I, I have such fond memories of it. I, I think I'll give it an 8. If people are slagging it off, I feel like I should defend it. Yeah. Because I thought it would be the other way around. People go, oh, this is really, really good. But there's no, no way that's a two-star film. To be film. fair, I have just read... Peter Bradshaw's. I mean, I haven't read others. But Peter Bradshaw. Yeah. I just think he's shit. <laughs> he uh, is. He is. No, 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 no. He's all right. He's all right. Um. All right then. Well, Brigsby Bear. Um. 
I definitely think it's worth. I don't know how big a release it's going to get. And at Christmas, every, I think Star Wars is probably going to dominate every single screen. But it's a film that will be a perfect Sunday night viewing, yeah. evening viewing yeah. on Netflix, when it will probably come out on one of the film streaming services in three to four months. Oh, uh, is there anything else you want to say about Brisbane Bear? No, just I recommend it. All right, it's time for this. letter section it's pretty sparse because people have stopped writing in despite my um, pleas from last week but you'll be pleased to hear that Richard S has written in on the subject of In the Pisser which I don't know if you know was the game show that Christopher Dodd talked about talking to people post film at the arrival anyway here we go dear American guest that's you thank you congratulations on the on the new format I welcome the replacement of Daddy Reed with Ramshackle Parade of Dole Scroungers, Losers and Your Old School Friends. Thank you. To today's guest accepted. <laughs> I'm writing in to comment on the proposed In the Pisser section of your show. Great idea from Chris the Piss Dodd, good nickname. But I would like to suggest one or two improvements to enhance the, enhance the post-movie piss. Perhaps pissers could grade the movie they've just enjoyed by giving on a rate, on, rating on a scale based on fractions of a, of a litre of human piss. For example, perhaps... You and your guests could play the roles. I mean, we'd be in different toilets for a start. That is disappointing. Good after. Here's a scenario. Oh, how about we read this bit together, Beth? All right. I'll read the first bit here, and you can read the other uh, bit here. Good afternoon. Having a piss, are you? That's right, yes. You? Yes, I'm pissing too. What did you make of Kingsman, the Golden Circle? I give it um, 72 centilitres of human piss. Look. Oh, yes, I see. I wasn't so keen. Maybe 45 centilitres of human piss. Hmm, a bit of a dribble. <laughs> Why can't they make films like they used to? Sisson Kane, four pints of human piss. The African Queen, two 60-gallon drums of human piss. At the premiere of The Force Awakens, we were chin-deep in human piss down here. Are you looking forward to The Bumming Man? Yes, we can meet afterwards here in the gentleman's toilet and award our piss volumes. Oh, yes, it's a day. Bye. Bye. Ooh, you missed it. Oh, thanks, Richard S. <laughs> I mean, that was made really with the fact you were pissing at you were pissing at the urinal, <laughs> and we didn't com- I didn't commentate <laughs> on it. That is very twenty first century. I think there should be a rating system in the toilets, though. You could give a button on that'd be really good. Yeah, like a one a to board. Ten. You could put your. I mean, basically, but but then you'd have you'd press a button, and people would just would be holding their touching their dicks. And then touching the button. I don't know how that sort of thing works, but I uh, assume. Yeah, I mean, there's a hygiene thing. What Maybe about if done vocally. P- pissed onto a a rating? Yeah, but then pissed up a height. Once you start getting blokes to sort of piss, aim, piss everywhere, then you listen. <laughs> it, then it's going to be really, really bad. Oh, here we go. Here's another one. It's from Christopher Dodd. The aforementioned Christopher Dodd. Uh, Jeff Bridges, American sexy guest. We hope. Yes. Well, blimey. Thank you, Chris. Have you noticed that Jeff Bridges has been doing the same voice in his films for the last ten years? He <laughs> has this droll Texan twang to his voice, yeah. which is really hard to make out, and it's the same for every character he plays. I've attached an audio file to make my point. This isn't Jeff Bridges in the audio file, by it's me doing Jeff Bridges. I will download that and play that in. Oh, 
my name is Jab Bridges, and I do the same voice every time in every film that I'm in. A slow Texan sound, but it's hard to hear. And I do it for all the films I'm in these days. And I call this acting. <laughs> he does do that. I've not noticed God, that. He I does love do that. this guy. He's amazing. Christopher Dodd, he's, a, he's been a legend. Um, <clears throat> have you noticed that? I have noticed that. I do still love him. It's uh, the big Lebowski sort of thing. Is yeah, uh, it's it's he's found his thing and he's going for it. He makes some absolute shit still, but I do really like him. It's quite weird when you see young breast, bre- Jeff Breast, <laughs> Jeff Bridges <laughs> Breast. What's the one of the man who failed to not man? He plays an alien, doesn't yeah, he? Starman. Yeah, it's great. It's weird seeing him young and Tron, handsome Tron. Oh, um, what's that? The last, the last picture. Last picture show. show. Yeah. I've seen bits of that. Anyway, thank you. I mean, can I'm I just, just say yes. he was incredibly beautiful? I still think he's really charismatic, but my God, he was gorgeous. It's like young Harrison Ford. Yes, he was like a proper movie oh, star. Very young Harrison Ford before Star Wars. Ooh. So you see him in the conversation. No. Very young and very much like Ryan Gosling, my boyfriend. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, Harrison Ford would definitely be. Yeah, lots of kisses. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, that's the letters. Please write in because I've literally I've only got one. Right, um, it's time for this section. We're going to find out about the guests, what things they like and other bits. we ask them questions about films. Here are the questions coming up. Well, Beth, you'll be pleased to hear that people have written in. This is from Dan Rogers regarding the IMDb game. Hi, Mark. As you're always a few weeks behind with letters, I suppose I should wish you a happy Christmas and a Merry New Year. Or is it a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year? Or Happy Valentine's Day, maybe? <laughs> uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about calendars. You asked some feedback on the new format. I like the five questions at the end. I don't like the IMDb game. As unless you want people to watch the Godfather trilogy, they will always have rubbish scores. Obviously, you missed David, but you're doing a great job on your own. You're watching the films, Darren. Um, so the IMDb game's gone. Did you want to say what your number was anyway? I have I have seen the Godfather trilogy, so yours would be quite high, I reckon. It's not because I fall down where you fall. You Chaplin fell down, yeah. And the shit Japanese stuff. No, what's the shit Japanese stuff? Princess Minoki and all that stuff. I'm with you. We should go to the cinema together more. Well, thank you, Darren. Um, so we will go straight to the quiz section. Everyone looks forward to it, especially because of this music. Film quiz. Trivia questions. Other things interesting. Yes. Right, well, I, I've prepared this for you, Beth, and it's particularly uh, difficult. It's a taxing one. So, similar themes to usual. It is uh, film releases, who is older, real names, um, who was originally cast in something, and... Uh, translations. Love that so one. So, which my would you like to have first? I'd like to do it in that order, please. Okay, cause that's good because it's the order it's written down. Who is the oldest? Christopher Walken or Robert De Niro? Ooh. Very difficult. And I assume they're only a few months apart. Yeah, very good assumption, Beth. Very good assumption. I mean, I thought of these two and I thought this is very difficult. 
It's just a, it's a potluck. It's a, yeah, it's 50 And it's 2.5 you need to get to beat some Fielder. I won't drag it out. I'll say Walken. Well, Christopher Walken was born on March the 31st, 1943, making him 57 plus. <laughs> I'm 74, is that 74 years old? Who knows? Did you say 43? 1943, wow. yeah. Robert De Niro was also born in 1943. But not until August the 17th. You've got one blooming point. Simon, I'm going to whip your ass. Well, here we go. We're on to releases now. Um, and this is rip. These are more difficult music because they're closer. So here are two 80s classics, which was released in the, in the UK. I'm going by UK release dates, which is the same as America. The Goonies or Teen Wolf. Oh, balls. The Goonies. The Goonies was released on the 29th of November. Do you want to guess what year? Nope. Have a guess what year. 83. 85. Mm-hmm. Teen Wolf, 24th of January, 86. Yes! You are on full marks. How are you doing at home? Are you doing as well? Why not write in and tell us what scores you got and how much you enjoyed the quiz? Oh, yeah, I forgot to forget to do this. And if you do want to write in, how do you do that? You go to... Beth? I don't know. <sighs> Phil Fandango. Hang on, hang on. Do go. You, no, no. No, I'm not... No, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> PhilFandango.co.uk. Click on contact or whatever the button that sounds relevant. Or email dearphilfandango.com at gmail.com. Write your letter. I'll read it out. If you think, hmm, do you know what? I could buy my children Christmas presents, but I'd rather give Marek money to keep helping him go to the cinema and pay for the chariot that he needs to drive himself to and back from the cinema. And if I don't, horses will die. Do you want that on your conscience? No. Donate at to this, on the website all your money immediately. Thank you very much for anyone who has. I really I think about you, not in a sexual way, but in like, I really want to be their friends. And I bet they're nice people in real life. Uh, they're nice. Anyway, let's get back to the quiz. His real name is William Pitt. Like uh, the um, Pitt, the Elder. Prime Minister, yeah. But it's also the name of a film star. Who is it? I just think it's too obvious to go for the pit route. Isn't is it, it a trick question or isn't is it? Is it a trick question? William? William? William Pitt. Speak to me. What are you going to go is for? It Billy. Somebody. Oh, fine. Brad. Going Brad Pitt? Oh. You are correct. Oh! Yeah, I thought it, I thought the other ones were so hard, I give it. I thought I might get you on the, pres- on the Prime Minister thing. His middle name is Brad. Hmm. Right, Beth, I mean, this is incredible. You're on four marks Bradley. here. Everyone at home is... You're listening to history in the making, possibly. <laughs> right. The film is The Predator. Who was originally cast as The Predator? And they spent two days being The Predator before they realised it wasn't for them and they left and they were replaced by a basketball player, an ex-basketball player. Who was the body of the predator? In the background, the wa- I don't know if you can hear, but the washing machines went to a <laughs> frenzy. And just make it really building up the tension. 
after people hear this, they will use washing machines to eat for tense moments in films. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. They wanted to go for someone athletic to play the Predator. Oh. Because it's in him in the suit. It was Jean-Claude Van Damme. No way. Yeah. And now he's doing... So when you think of him Good in those fact. cause ice adverts doing those things, imagine that in the Predator With costume. his legs split. I mean, you're doing so well. I know, I'm sorry about that. Okay. This is a German translation of the film. The German name, I also give you the translation as well. Thank you. Is Die ist Princess, which is translation, translated as the Ice Princes. Princes? The Ice Princes. Oh, I was going to go frozen, but that doesn't seem um, right. I, the Ice Princes. What could it be? What could it be? I'm going to do some secret people say. Simon Field said to me, he said there was dead air in the quizzes. So I'm going to not allow that. Why don't we be quiet? Oh, well, no, because I want, I'm going to sing this, this. What could it be? What could it be? I wonder what the film is. I wish someone would tell me. Blades of Glory. Soon. I mean, it was niche. You have got it. No way. Yes, it is Blades of Glory. Fuck. That it was great working out. Beth, you've got four out of five on the hardest film quiz in the entire history of humanity. You are, you are leading at home. Did you get four out of five or did you get five out of five? No one really cares. I hate you, Jean-Claude! Jean-Claude was the one person standing between you <laughs> and, I mean, the prize is immortality. So I don't know if you wanted that or not. If you're at home, you have done that. You are now immortal. Congratulations. Oh, well, Beth, um, thank you very much for uh, 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 doing the podcast and taking me to see Bridge with Bear. And I'm very pleased to see, to see, to say, that you will be joining me for the top 10 Christmas film rundown released just after Christmas on the 29th when we talk about the 10 favourite films of the year. And that is what we're doing. All right. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I guess we're at the end now. There's only one thing left to say. Keep watching, watching the, the films. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.